welcome to this week's edition of The Golfing Mind, the podcast which looks at the game of golf in general and in great detail, uh, and the mental game of golf usually in particular. But these days we're looking much more at golf in general with the emphasis on the, the mental game where we can uh, bring that into play. I'm delighted to introduce, as always, my new co-host, Mike Kershaw. Hello, Mike. Good afternoon, Robin. Nice to see you as always. Quite uh, interested and excited to be talking on the subject we're talking about this afternoon. Now, before I go any further, I had a, a, I have a question for you. Now, last week it was revealed that you were the East Lancashire Under-14 Long Drive Championship. I just wondered why you never went back to defend your title. <laughs> There's one reason. Yes. <laughs> yes. I do sometimes, Gary. I do sometimes. Some people add to the end of that three years running. <laughs> yes. Well, I suppose the answer. But, uh, well, but no. But uh, remember the summer of 1976. Everyone will remember it's a. It was a hot summer, and the, it wasn't difficult to hit a long drive in those days. Now, uh, today the theme I thought we'd talk about is uh, what do the great putters in golf have in common? Because. Putting's been called a game within a game. It seems to be an area of the greatest frustration to the greatest number of people. When I talk to golfers, they'll often, I played with a fellow yesterday and he four putted a green and he said to me, I'm, I'm missing two footers. And he's a, he's a good golfer. And it is an area of uh, great frustration. Historically, there have been some unbelievably good putters recognized as such, but they were in many ways unorthodox. So, um, what do you think, Mike? What do you think the great, the great, the great putters? And I mean, in both the amateur and the professional game, what do you think they have in common? Well, I, I think in the end, it's a combination of te technique and, and and nerve. But the thing about putting, Robert, I always find quite interesting, is whereas the long game of golf, it it's relatively simple. The ball leaves the club face, and it gets in the air. And from that point, only really two things can impact it. One is the spin you put on the ball, and the other is the wind, and maybe the bounce. But in putting, you have so many more variables. And this is the big thing that makes putting such a challenging part of the game, and arguably a game within a game, because you don't just have to hit the ball. You're, you're, where the ball goes and where it finishes, and whether it finishes in the bottom of the hole or not, is dependent on spin, strike, the speed of the green, your ability to judge the pace. That's an interesting point, but I kind of counter that with, if you give an eight-year-old child a putter or an 80-year-old person who's never played golf a putter, a ball and a putter and put them on a putting green, they'll start making putts and they know nothing about technique, grip, stance. They'll know nothing about anything that we overthink all the time. Do you think that golfers especially when they are good golfers overthink putting and maybe it is a lot simpler than we imagine well i wouldn't say uh, yeah maybe i do overthink it then but yeah yeah for your point about the youngsters is is true ish but you know on fast greens it is a real real skill the, you know you have you have slope you have you have nap you have grain you have uh, uh, the, the you know whether the ball is struck properly with the putter, all of those things 
will influence whether the putter goes on the right line. And then the other thing, of course, you have to we have to take into account. And I came across this recently myself was I was realized I was missing everything left. And 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 the reality was my eyes. Yeah, I was lining up. And I think lots of people do this lining up on the you know with the ball with my putter clearly to the left of the hole and yet it didn't look like that to me it absolutely didn't and i was in uh, uh, the old course in andrews funny enough the only time of the year when when i i get a caddy and before i went out in the in the autumn medal um he he was watching me line up he said well you might you're aiming left and i said no i'm not he goes yeah you're aiming left and so, of course, what happened then, behind my putt, every time during that round, he lined me up and it felt like every time I felt like I was aiming, you know, an inch or two right. And in fact, I was aiming straight and I putted really, really well. So there's all, all those sorts of elements can go into uh, into the sort of the putt and whether you do well or not. But if you go to any PGA tournament or even a non-PGA tournament with professionals, the first thing you'll see them is on the putting green with their mirror with their alignment pad. So alignment, which you just pointed out, is critically important. And I would argue the average golfer would invest well, investing in getting a lesson from a professional. Um, but let's go back for a second to the golf we know. Arnold Palmer was historically a fantastic putter from inside six feet until he wasn't. Tom Watson was the same. Tom Watson would knock a six-foot putt four feet past and make the return. You know, Ben Hogan... And with all their careers, they, they they retired when they suddenly couldn't make the, the four-foot return for par. And uh, so, therefore, I think golf putting, and you might disagree with me here, has got more to do with confidence than technique. And I can, you know, you know what a geek I am in golf history. Bobby Locke, probably the greatest putter who ever lived, you know, took the club away in the outside, you know, and he stood open. He had a very, very open stance and, you know, played it off his right foot, and nobody teaches that. No, uh, there's all sorts of ways to get the ball in the hole. I, I do, I do think in terms of the, the the decline. I actually think you know what I was pointing out was was I felt that I think there's an age thing. I mean, I'm 61. I think think I don't think my eyesight is quite what it was. I suspect that that is that Palmer and Watson and so on, it, there was an there's an element of just physical decline and not seeing it in the same way you used to see it. Um, I suspect, because, look, it's, it's, putting is a game of minuscule difference. You know I mean? Really, really tiny millimetres that makes the difference between a putt going in and a putt missing. You know, um, I I was out living in Florida for a while. I got invited to Isleworth Golf Club to play in a member guest. And the fellow who kindly invited me owned the house next door to what was uh, Tiger Woods' old home. And I think Bubba Watson had bought it. Anyway, he told me a story that one morning he got up to play very early, about 6.30. And as he got into his buggy, uh, there on the practice putting green near the house was Tiger Woods with gym shorts on and a a singlet, and he was just there making putts. And this guy said he went, had breakfast, played 18 holes, had lunch, and he came back. And when he came back, Woods was still there eight hours later, still putting. I think the professionals do something that the amateur doesn't. They practice their putting diligently. 
Uh, I agree. I'm sorry, I'm just trying to get over the image of Tiger Woods, Woods in a singlet. I'm not sure he's ever worn one in his life in gym shorts and a singlet. Sorry, struggling with that. But yes, I think your point is 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 well made. You know, this is a game that needs to be continually practiced. And a lot of amateur golfers I know don't. But the guys who are at the top of the game now, they must be. And to be honest, that's why you see many different styles i mean these you know the the if you think about how many styles there are now versus how that many there used to be that fundamentally back in back in the day it was it was reverse overlap or or not um now it with it with a few exceptions because sam steve steve famously put it in a croquet style didn't he sure. until it was banned but nowadays we have the claw and we have all this sort of push uh, uh, putting styles. We have the Tommy Fleetwoods, which where he's held it. We have the long putters and so on. Um, and you don't get any good at that. And these are good players. Will Zalatoris, fantastic putter with a very, very unusual, uh, uh, unusual style. But you don't get that good without massive amounts of practice. And he must be doing it all the time. Hey, okay, here's a quick one for you. I know who I would pick if I had a if I had to ask a professional to take an eight foot putt as my you know, everything laid on the line, who would I choose? And at the moment, I think, and this is just a, a, a personal uh, choice, I really, really like Victor Hovland as a putter. I just think when I watch, it's very, very smooth. Uh, and I think he's got a great repeating swing. I think we've learned a lot from him. Uh, the other thing I notice with those guys is they have a pre-shot routine and they don't appear to overthink it. That's another thing that I believe in, that most amateurs overthink it. Who would you get to take your putt? Uh, right now, I don't think you can look much beyond John Rahm, in all honesty. You can't be on the run that he's on right now without being a phenomenal putter from eight feet and in. Um, I, he's, he's, you know, he's, is it 93 under par for the last 12 tournaments or something like that? Oh, you know, and he is on a roll, and he and look, we all know the, these guys can all hit it well and hit it far. But in the end, the champions are, are the ones who put best. So right now, I don't know his putting stats, but right now, I'd give uh, I'd give well, I suppose Scotty Scheffler or John Rahm um, the uh, the edge on the on an eight foot putt. And interestingly, you wouldn't. I don't think anyone would say Rory's the man for that, and yet he is still right up there, which also probably goes to show how far. In a way, he is ahead, probably T to green uh, of the others, because he isn't. I don't think Rory is anything like as good a putter as the other two at the moment in terms of the. You know, Mike, it's an interesting thing because I remember reading years ago that a scratch golfer, if you're a scratch golfer amateur, you're expected to take 35 putts around. That's what a scratch golfer should take. And then you look at the Will Zalatoruses, the Victor Hovlands, the John Rams, they're taking 28 and Mm -hmm. 29. And I'll tell you, I when when I work with professionals or amateur golfers, there's a difference. If I say to a professional golfer, what did you shoot yesterday? And they say, I shot 71. And I'll say, how many putts did you take? They'll go, I took 33 putts. If I say to an, an amateur, even an elite amateur, even you, Mike, and I said, what did you shoot yesterday? You go, I shot 75. And I go, how many putts did you take? You go, I don't know. Most people yeah, don't care. Well, to a point, I mean, I, I still think that that, uh, we we all you know poor rounds we often blame on putting 
Uh, and good rounds are the ones fundamentally where we put it well. And that certainly applies to pros, but certainly to, to amateurs uh, as well. And, you know, you come in off the, the, the guys come in off the course in a PGA Tour event and they do their interviews and all what they talk about is, yeah, my putter was hot or my putter wasn't hot. Or, you know, they don't talk about actually I drove, particularly I drove it well or I hit the, lots of greens. It's the differences are putting. And this is the game within the game. There's no question about it. And, and there's a good reason. As I said earlier, there's a good reason. It's the hardest part. And it's the most critical. You get away with a poor tee shot. You don't get away with a missed two-footer. Now, and it's tried. I mean, Ben Hogan wanted, uh, he actually, he didn't he didn't campaign, but he, he said he thought the, the hole should be larger as it would reward the approach shot. And he said that golf should be rewarding the approach shot, not the best putter. You know, and if you look historically, uh, as a lot of golfers are not long, but they, you know, was a great quote, a good putter is a match for anybody. Uh, but a couple before we sort of wrap this up, a couple of quick thoughts from you. What advice would you give people on fast greens? Uh, well, I'll tell you what, I, actually, I, as you may or may not know, I was lucky enough many years ago to play at Augusta um, a few times. And then oh, yeah, so you've to... told me many times, Mike, for the for the <laughs> listeners here. Did I, did I mention Augusta. it? Oh, yeah, he's played it a number of times. And yeah. it, it didn't offer him honorary membership for reasons which are still a mystery. But uh, there you have it. Wait, so the point, point of the story was these are incredibly fast greens, and but you have to play with a caddy. So you get given an Augusta caddy, of course, who knows the green, knows the greens in, uh, inside and out. Uh, and and on some of these putts, they're so fast that you, are you kind of as an amateur, you kind of just really don't know where to hit it. So what the caddy would do is literally would point out a blade of grass about. You know, it could be halfway to the hole or it could be a, th a third of the way to the hole or two thirds. And he'd just simply say, hit it as if this is the hole. Hit, hit it to this blade of grass. And so you take the actual actual hole out of your mind completely. You're not even looking at the hole. You're just looking at that blade of grass. And I found on fast screens and a fast downhill part to pick a blade of grass at about the distance that I need to hit it to and not look at the hole and just hit it over that blade of grass has been has stood me in good stead on fast greens. I'm not a bad fast green putter, actually. You know, in a book I wrote called Silent Mind Putting, one of the things I said, you have to love your putter because it's the club you'll have in your hand more than any other club. Um, do you love your putter? Uh, I have about six. So, you know, I used to I used to have a ping answer, and I go back to that ping answer about, you know, about 40 years ago. Um, every now and then but I have I kind of rotate them because actually and I think like lots of people you just go in you just go in sort of spurts with one it works really well for a few weeks and then and then it goes off and there's no rhyme or reason so I pick another one up and try that for a bit um uh, you know it's it, it I, I've, I've no consistency with it at all in all honesty and sometimes it works brilliantly and then I change it and and you know another one it works brilliantly or not, as the case may be. So, uh, no, no, how about that, you? See, for the, for the, for the, for the pod, people listening to this podcast, I think you're demonstrating what I've always believed, that putting is a game of confidence. And the yeah. more confident you are, the more likely you are to put a good stroke on it. And I often use the example of that some of the best rounds of golf I've ever played have been with rental sets on vacation that you're not really keen to play. And they, they say, we've got these golf clubs or Callaways. And then you look at them and you go, isn't Callaway spent, spelt with a C? It's like Callaway with a K. 
and it's probably North Korean knockoffs, and and the putter, you know, is you know is I don't want it. Just looks duff, and you take the set, and you have no expectation, and you relax, and you play well. Yeah, but and you mentioned earlier, yeah, it is confidence, but it's also I think I think a thing to bear in mind. If you strike the putt well out of the middle of the putter, I think a lot of people don't realise this, then the chance of it going in is, is significantly enhanced. It's amazing how how many times in a, a goal for all of us slightly miss hit the putt and 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 that is often the reason why it doesn't doesn't go in. So focusing on my tip would be focusing on the strike as much as anything and getting the ball in, uh, uh, coming out the middle of the putter. So the uh, so you get the most sort of advantage from a good quality putter. I think it was Trevino who said that the biggest fault in amateur golf is decelerating in the putt. A lot of people yeah. decel and they don't follow through. Um, and if uh, before we we wrap it up, in your opinion, who have been the greatest putters in the game that uh, you know have been really impressive? Well, in the end, you know, I'd say the game is is a, is is about it. It comes down to putting, and so you can't miss. You know, Jack was a brilliant putter. Had he knew when to make the clutch putts. He 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 rarely three putted. Uh, and he just was, understood the game so well. You've got to put him up there. You've got to put Tiger up there. The number, if you remember, in his prime, the guy never missed. I mean, he never missed from 10 feet in. Um, but then people talk about guys like Brad Faxon, who wasn't actually a brilliant golfer, but he was an incredible putter. And he, he raised his game, raised his profile, and made a lot of money through focusing on being the, the, the best putter in the game, which he was for many, many, many years. He wasn't a terrific ball striker, but boy, could he putt. And of course, now he's a, he's a putting coach, isn't he? He is. Well, you know, I, okay, well, before we go, I'm going to give you my sort of a, what I think. When people come to me and they've lost their putting and they say, what can I do? The first thing I want to do is to build their confidence up. So I often tell them to go and buy a new putter, find a putter that they like the look and feel of because it's like they leave the bad energy in the old putter. And that's more of a head trick than an actual, there's any real science behind that. Uh, the second thing I do is they get them to practice one foot putts. And I said, just practice one foot putts. And they go, well, that's it. I said, just practice one. So get used to making putts again, get used to hauling putts and then move it out to 15 inches, then moving out to 18 inches and just get used to hauling putts. And very slowly you build your confidence up, but I can promise you other than just having warming up, I never see amateur golfers practicing their putting with any diligence. I don't see them with tee pegs, chalk lines, with alignment aids. I don't see them. Uh, we have a, a friend who's uh, the other co-host, yet he's not, still not turned up, Neil Faulkner. And you go to Neil's house, he's got a putting mat in the house. And um, yeah, I'm not sure he's still a good putter, though. But he does. He practices. He's got a full Huxley green in his garden. I mean, no, I... I think possibly because it's a bit boring practicing putting yeah. in that way. I mean, I go round and round the putting green and try and do a score or whatever, but sitting there trying to hit, trying to put, you know, 40 consecutive three footers, I think I, above anything else, it hurts me back. So, <laughs> well, well so, done, so, you know, it's, it's a bit dull. 
Um, yeah. The only bit, the tip, tip I would make, I, I, if I if I think about putts are missed, almost always it's because I've got the I think I've got the wrong speed. I think what what people focus on is a lot of line. They're always behind the ball, checking out oh, what's the line, what's the line, and need to focus on the distance and getting the right speed. And and I think quite a lot of amateur golfers, and you know we're all, we're all in that bracket probably don't focus enough on on the pace and they three putt because they've left it three feet short or they've gone four feet by um, rather than wide because by and large, you can get the line pretty much. Yeah, you know, just, uh, well, before, I mean, I just feel I'm a great believer in, you know, trust your first read. That's advice I give to everyone. Trust your first read. Your brain's processing it. Secondly, um, there was, who's that guy called the boss of the moss? What was his name again? Uh, he's an American putting coach. He wrote a book, The Boss. Harvey Pennick. Not Harvey Pennick. No, but his name will come to me. He was a tour pro, very successful at, at one level. Uh, and he always said, don't take a practice putt. And I love that. Don't take a practice putt. Why bother? You're going to, all your feel is going into that first pass at the ball. Yeah, Rory doesn't. Rory doesn't take practice putts. You've noticed that. Yeah, but he's been seeing Brad Faxton for uh, putting lessons. Hasn't yeah, he? Well, he doesn't take a practice putt. He doesn't. He. he well, I, I like that. And neither did um Jordan Spieth in his heyday, and Jordan Spieth also, but he won the ma Masters for all his putts under four or five feet. He just looked at the hole. He didn't look at the yeah. ball, and I don't think you should look at the ball. I think you should look at the hole. That's the target. Yeah, no. Well, I know you've had that. You know, look at darts players. They're not looking. They're, they're not, not looking, looking at the dart. No, no, I know. At the, at the 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 darts board, but no. And I again, there's another one. If you if your game isn't quite on. Uh, a, a you know, using the look at the hole, even from 10, 15 feet, feels really weird. But I found that as a really good way of getting your distance control back. So looking at the hole, I, I think that's a good plan. It's more, it's it's more mentally challenging because it's so it's so kind of that's where confidence and that's where confidence yeah. comes in. You've but, got to trust the process. But it does. It, it's a good way of getting your distance control back. Just keep looking at the hole for a few parts. Yeah. And, and, fi and finally, before before we wrap this up, the one of the most interesting statistics in golf I ever came across was when you looked at the top-ranked golfers in the world. Okay, if you look at the top 20-ranked golfers in the world, and then you looked at the list of the 20 best lag putters in the world, it's the same list. Yeah, there you go. Distance. Distance control. Yeah, and it's exactly. not about making three footers. It's getting the 30 footer to inside the dustbin lid. And the one thing I would encourage our listeners to do is go and practice your leg putting. Don't, don't stress yourself out at making four footers all day. You're going to miss four footers. If you, I, I played with uh, this pro came to see me once and he said to me, he'd missed a 10 inch putt and he was angry and he was still angry about four days later. He goes, I can't believe I missed the 10 inch putt. I said, well, you know, you know, I guess if you take a million putts, one of them is going to miss. He goes, well, I don't miss 10 inch putts. And I go, what's the longest putt you ever made? He goes, oh, about 120 feet. I said, do you make them regularly? He goes, no. I said, it was random, wasn't it? But you think of a 120 foot putt went in, you're trying to hold it, but it's probably three putt country. So it was a random event. And I think in golf, you have random events. And I think the worst thing to do is if you miss a really short putt, don't don't replay it. Let it go. And that's it. Yeah. Okay, that's it for this week. As always, I like to give you a tip for the week before we go away. I have a few tips today. Uh, and I'm just going to say, staying in the theme of putting, trust your first read. Don't overthink. Don't overanalyze. And if you have the confidence to try it, don't take a practice swing. So that's it this week. Uh, if you're really interested in learning more about the mental game, seagergolf.com. There's a link uh, in the uh, podcast. 
and you can get online there. Uh, but until we meet again, play good golf and have a wonderful week. And that's goodbye from me and goodbye from Mike. Goodbye. <laughs>